this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Everybody and welcome to Fan with episode six. I'm pretty sure this is episode six. We are here again to talk about the video games that you crave, gamers. The, your your video game cravings will be satisfied by the time we are through. That is the promise, the warranty, the guarantee that we provide here at Fanbyte.com. I am one of your hosts, as always, Stephen Strum. With me is one Merit. Hello, I'm Merrick Kay. What's up? I'm the other host. The other host of the show, the other normal host, and then the co-host. Totally the normal. Co-pilot. Super normal. Totally normal. Super yes. normal. Having a very normal one. Uh, that is our slogan for our website. Uh, <laughs> anyone who says otherwise is a liar. Uh, you can check out our masthead. Uh, mischievous, but never malicious. Fanfight.com. <laughs> So early do we get to that? Let's okay. We, we introduce Eric first. That that chuckle you heard just now was one Eric Van Allen. I'm pronouncing that right. The van is not some some Vaughn. other pronunciation. It's, it's Von Allen, actually. Von Allen. Uh, okay, no, it's, it's Van Allen, like Van Halen. I've heard that so many times in my life. People are always <laughs> like, like, "Oh, Van like Halen? Van? Are you related to Van Halen?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's why <laughs> that's we have the same last name." That's not how that works. <laughs> that's not even close. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Eric, what do you do? Can you tell, just give us like the masthead of what your personhood is? Really just jumping into it right off the bat, huh? Explain (laughs) yourself. You've never been on. Explain yourself yourself to me. Uh, I, I mean, the best way uh, to describe, people probably mostly know me for my esports work. I do a lot of writing about the competitive video gamers that are out there doing the competitive video games. I try not to use the word esports because it's just like the worst loaded word in the world. And uh, I also do games as well, uh, and and occasional like other ventures into culture and things like that. So uh, I like that you specify a difference between esports and video games. Just keep those two separate in their own pots. I don't want you the gotta keep them separated. Mm-hmm. You really do because uh, I mean this is a whole other thing that would take us the entire podcast to talk about. But I think especially right now, people are seeing the effect that esports can have on an actual video game and the way it's balanced and the way it's played and maybe not for the better, maybe mm. sometimes for the worse. Um, but it is like, I, I try to cover all kinds of stuff. So general like game reviews and features and cool things that people are doing. And then when I go into esports, it's more like, Hey, this is what's going on in the competitive video game world. Cause that kind of exists in its own little bubble inside the video game realm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's we have you on specifically this week because uh, I think later on we do want to talk about Evo, which is for people who do not know the big Western fighting game 
uh, tournament. Yes, it's basically the, the world championships. It's basically the world championships at this point. Yeah, yeah. The electronic volunteer organization of sports. The electronic video game three, as they call it. <laughs> the electronic right. three. Uh, that's what the circle is. The circle represents a three, uh, mm-hmm. like a like a cubed type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, it's thank you for being on this episode with us. Actually, you and I have some like similar backgrounds. I also came out of esports. Uh, really, and I did not know that about escape. you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's first job out of college was writing about Dota two for one Red Bull esports. Oh, oh right. Yeah, you were working for Red Bull, <laughs> which is the best. Oh That's, yeah, it sure it's was. So cool. Every- I don't know. I'm not being sarcastic. It's like extremely cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the coolest thing about it, you could tell it was cool because I kept getting people asking me if they sent me free Red Bull, which they did not, and I would not have taken <sighs> if they sent me because I hate Red Bull. Really? Uh, the drink's like Red the Bull. only energy drink I can drink. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like any of the other ones. You're, they you're all not, taste you're like not garbage. On, on that now. like five hour energy kick. Well, that's that's a different story. If I'm doing like a six hour drive somewhere, that's okay. the only thing that's going to really go. But w- when I was much younger in my uh, emo kid, scene kid days, uh, I-, I live in Austin. Fun fact, and <laughs> I went to a South by Southwest uh, kind of free show sort of thing where like Circus Survive, The Devil Wears Prada, like all those bands were playing down here. And I was a little 14-year-old kid, and they had a bunch of free energy drinks. Like, Uh-oh. all the vendors were out handing them out. And I had about six, Uh-oh. like, full cans of energy Ooh. drinks in the span of, like, three hours. And you died, <laughs> and you're a ghost um, now. Luckily, I was, like, in the mosh pit constantly and stuff, so I think I was burning off more than I was taking in. But later on, now in my life, I'm like, I probably should have died. <laughs> that should have just been the end of me that I day. Mean... Yeah, no, wow, wow. I'm glad you but didn't. can't drink I mean, Monster I've, anymore now. I've never <laughs> seen you in person, Eric, so it is t- entirely possible that you've just ascended to a being of pure energy and you're just talking mm-hmm. to us through the internet right now because you're in the internet, like that movie with uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, I was thinking Tron. Oh, yeah, there's, Tron. There's a movie with Denzel Washington where he's dead and inside the internet. <laughs> No, it's is that what a... Man on Fire is? I've never seen Man it's on Fire. <laughs> not no, Man on Fire is the guy from Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, the his lust for revenge uh, kept him going long past his own death. <laughs> Are and, you thinking uh, of wait? What the fuck is this movie that you're talking about? Now I need to know. What is it called? It's it's. It's a it's a serial killer who's inside the computer. That like, the, <laughs> police, the police created a serial kill like a digital serial killer. And he is a cop, like investigating it and figuring out. Oh, oh no, the it's called this. Virtuosity. Virtuosity. And it came out. It came out about twenty five years ago. You bet. And Russell Crowe was in it too. Is he the robot internet serial killer? He I is, know. I believe. Is he? Oh okay. my god. I need to watch this. this what the great. fuck? Oh my god! Is that the roots of them being in that other movie together later? That like American Gangster or whatever it was called. <sighs> they were in like a they were in like a well regarded movie much more recently uh, where they played it was like a biopic together. And I want I want in my mind in sorry, my take, heart. Sorry, take that again. Yeah, yeah. One more time for me there. <laughs> they were in a movie much more recently. Oh, what they, kind of what kind of movie what, what was it? Movie? It was American Gangster, I think. Is what it's know, called. What kind genre? <laughs> I I completely have spaced on whatever dumb thing I said a minute ago. A biopic? A biopic. <laughs> biopic? Sure. I mean, it's I've biopic. Yeah. That. It's uh, it's like bionic or biotic, 
which uh-huh. is another Mass Effect thing. But that just sounds bad. That's like a doctor walks into a room and tells you, I'm sorry, but it's biotic. It's biotic. <laughs> you don't have long. <laughs> sorry, does that mean what I have can be used to power a spacecraft? Or uh, what does that do? I've, no one really remembers the plot of Mass Effect anymore. It's 2019. Oh, hey, you're talking to the expert here. The one and only co-host of Normandy FM. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Mass Effect expert. Yeah. A Mass Effect retrospective podcast. I'm really not the person to ask. Literally, like, at least one uh, episode, every couple episodes, I have to stop and ask my co-host, like, wait, what mission is this again? Like, what happens <laughs> in this mission? Uh, uh, I was thinking about earlier how, and I guess this is sort of, uh, are we skipping ahead? To, do you want to do what you've been doing? Is that... We don't have no. I think, music. We, I, I think we got another good 15, 20 minutes in us about virtuosity. The uh, okay, nineteen ninety eight. That's what movie. I've been watching, uh, and that's what I've been playing is the RPG <laughs> adaptation of it that I made for myself. Called um, The Matrix Online. And I... <laughs> oh man! Uh, and I've been reading the the novelization of Virtuosity, but no, but um, but Mass Effect. I was thinking about it earlier because um, I started reading Philip K. Dick recently like Mm -hmm. this weekend um and i burned through one of his books and i'm reading another one right now and i was like mass effect is kind of like a philip k dick book near the ending and that's sort of why i think a lot of people didn't like it um because gamers don't like the whole like oh no i'm complicit in this whole thing that was going on um (laughs) and we can talk about whether the ending was well done or not but um i was like huh there haven't really been many philip k dick games but like there's a lot of him in games like Mass Effect. Like, it's really clear that Bioware has, like, read most of his stuff. It's funny that you say that, too. Like, not to completely derail from that, but I remember when Mass Effect 3 came out, I'm very much thinking to myself, oh, this is just like the ending of Foundation and Earth by Isaac Asimov. So, <laughs> like, it just maybe just goes to show that Bioware just, like, really likes to borrow from the greats in and general. Actually, uh, nobody knows this because I'm the only person who ever played it. But Mass Effect is just a ripoff of Star Control 3. Um, and I'm the only person on Earth <laughs> who's ever played and finished Star Control 3. Oh, um, okay. And it's the exact same game. Like, exact same. And uh, Bioware was like, hey, no one's ever played this. So no one will know what we're doing. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. Um, did you know that there is... Have you read the book Ubik by Philip K. Dick? I've not. Eric, have you? I have never, I don't think I've ever read a Philip K. Dick. So so it's about just like, it's about, you know, this world where there's like psychics and then there's like anti-psychics that corporations employ to like block out the psychics from reading people's minds and stuff. Um, I love it. And a large part of the book centers around, and this isn't really a spoiler, like anyway, it's been out for, it's a fucking book, like just... um, (laughs) Go to your local library. It reveals this on the back cover. Um, Like... There's questions of, like, whether people are dead or not, whether they're, like, in sort of, like, a Matrix or, like, Inception-ass kind of thing, but, like, way before that. They made an RTS based on this game. Huh. Or based on this book, sorry. Who? Wait, you said they, they, they made an RTS based on this. Who Do you know specifically who the developer was? Uh, it was, like, in the 90s. Nine- Oh, God, let me see. That makes me want to say Westwood. Yeah, exactly. Just my gut says Westwood. <laughs> That's literally why I brought it up. Is like, I really hope Westwood made Your this Your gut says Westwood. No, it was Cryo Interactive. Oh. And oh. They also did the Dune game. 
So did Westwood. Westwood, yeah, Westwood. also did a Dune game. They did Dune 2000, though. Right. That was that was the one that's considered, like, the granddaddy of RTSs, basically. Of, the, of, of what yeah. they are modern. Of what yeah, are that was yeah. actually Dune 2, I think. Um, <sighs> the sequel to Dune. Yeah, yeah. Dune um, 2. That was, Dune 2 was the Westwood one. Um, Dune, the first Dune was made by these guys who made an RTS out of a game about like an existential crisis about the world decaying around you. I fucking so, love this. I love everything. Yeah. Pretty great. That was, from an, that. That was an <laughs> era where you could do that on PC and nobody would stop you. Nobody right? Could... Who, I mean, who, it didn't cost enough to, like, you could just be like, yeah, I guess we are, we do have the rights to this. So we are going to make an RTS based on this book now. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking, now I'm just looking through their... Backlog. Did they make a game based on From Dust? They did. They made a game based on From Dust Till Dawn. Excuse oh my me? lord! Is a 2001 third-person shooter video game that is based on events that transpired directly after the end of From Dust Till Dawn. Released off for Windows, it was distributed by Cryo Interactive. Oh my god! Huh? Wow! What in the world? Who was giving them these rights? It, it was the game they made right <laughs> after Frank Herbert's Dune. Wow! That's wow. incredible. Huh? Uh, yeah, there was also a Blade Runner game. Um, yeah, it's yes, a good game. Yeah. It, it, which, yeah, like, it's interesting because there's a whole bunch of different endings that are like, uh, like you, oh, you are a replicant, or like, no, you're not, or like, different things can happen based on that. Um, and it does cool stuff with, like, it literally, it, it's a game that runs in real time, where, like, mm. in the background, the, the bad guys, the evil replicants or whatever, are doing stuff, and if oh you're not God, fast so enough, stressful. They push things forward. Oh, yeah, Someone, I know. Okay, so a relative bought me The Last Express when I was a kid. Um, and if you don't know that game, it's uh, a murder mystery on, mm-hmm. on the Orient yes. Express. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's by uh, Jordan Mechner, um, who... Oh, I didn't know that. Obviously, Prince of Persia. Um, and it's, it's like a rotoscoped, real-time murder mystery adventure game. And it's so stressful. Like, as a kid, <laughs> it was, I was, like, really anxious as a kid. And it was just like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I, uh, I'm trying to remember, but I, I think that might be by the same studio that did this game that my brother used to love when we were way younger that was, like, a Titanic game where you got, like, magically mm. time-traveled back to the Titanic. I super had, had that to, game discover all the things that went wrong with it and like <laughs> save it and stuff it's it was the wildest game but my brother like bless his heart he's just a completionist to a t like he is a hundred percenter and after like a year of playing just specifically that game he was like the most professional player of it like he could i, I bet you he, he could, could go speed on run speed run. yeah he could definitely do that like he knows he probably still knows everything about it to this day. Um, but every time I see a game like The Last Express, that's the first thing I think of is that weird Titanic <laughs> game. And, and like just the way he dissected it so incredibly. But yeah, those those were so cool. And I even saw there's a new game coming out called The Occupation that's like a real-time mm. investigation game that's coming out in like a couple weeks or like maybe a couple days or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely gotten, I've gotten PR blasts about that. It looks really neat. Uh, I have been trying to pitch that around, but yay, um, the uh, indie games are harder. <laughs> boy, they are. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been the, this entire time we've been talking, I have been paying attention, but I have also been glancing over, continuing to glance over Cryo Interactive's uh, body of work. <laughs> they also made uh, one of like a game jointly with uh, one of the earliest CD Projekt games, Makers of the Witcher. Uh, apparently, really, uh-huh. yes. Uh, which is not even listed on the games developed page for CD Projekt, the company. Like that, they they're not listed as having worked on Black Moon Chronicles. Uh, also, 
Cryo worked on uh, three Dune, three separate Dune games, not just the one. Uh, they also made a Riverworld game, which Riverworld is another like seventies sci-fi like series of some note. And then what was the other one? There was another one on here that I saw. Like it looks like this company basically just existed to make RTSs based on like historical <laughs> events. Time Cop, yeah, the other. Okay, that was the oh other one. Oh my god, Time Cop. <laughs> they made a Time Cop video game. Oh, and a Hellboy video game in two thousand. I mean, which is good pretty for movie. them. Apparently, uh, yeah. they did very poorly. Most of their work was uh, not so good. Mm, that's a shame. So someone said, John Walker of PC Gamer said that mm. they defied sense, taste, and coherence to produce an endless stream of the worst, most clumsy, most drearily pre-rendered <laughs> misclones the world has ever seen. Go in. Ooh, cry wow. Honey, what is you doing? Cha, 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 cha. I guess nothing anymore. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, how do we get on this again? Uh, we were talking about Ubik. We were talking about Philip K. Dick. Oh, we were right. talking about yeah. Mass Effect. We were talking about uh, America. Video games. Mind like yeah. a steel trap. So, you yeah, that's, I've been society. reading Philip K. Dick, and I've been playing Pokemon Showdown as usual because mm. why not? I swept mm-hmm. some. So, this will make sense to probably five of our listeners. I swept a team with a Quagsire. Uh, in the most irritating way possible the other day and um, should not have won, but because I was a total asshole, I totally did. Um, my favorite tactics in Pokemon are the ones where you just slowly chip away at your opponent's health and just make them want to quit because it's so unbearable. <laughs> Rather than just like, no, I'm going to stat up and sweep your team. I'm like, no, I'm going to set up a sandstorm and toxic and spikes and just let you slowly, slowly die. My understanding is that Stealth Rock is in the meta right Stealth now. Stealth Rock is good. Uh, Sticky Web is also really good because okay. Um, okay. it's also an um, an entrance uh, hazard, entry hazard, which uh, reduces your speed by one level. Ooh. So unless you have Levitate or your Flying type, you're like basically getting hit with a huge speed um, speed drop, and speed it's... is obviously super important in that game. Right, because you can like get one shot. You can get, like, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're there, I mean, I don't actually know what the like, the main meta is right now because I mostly play random, um, but yeah, I mean, you can get one-shotted pretty easily. There's some, like, really huge mons out there these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pokemon, uh, which we talked about a little bit last week. Uh, we did, you, yeah. You a big Pokemon person at all, Eric? Uh, a little bit, but I would call myself a casual player. I've always been fascinated by the idea of competitive Pokemon, but in practice, it's uh, a little bit more difficult for me to get into just because there's, I look, I, I, I'm one of the people who's like, the, the best Pokemon were the original 150 and everything since has just been crap. And Can I tell you something? Go for it. <laughs> On Pokemon Showdown? There are metas, there are ladders for like every different, um, every meta, and there those include like individual generations. So you can play only generation one, only generation two. Um, and it's really weird, but like, I don't know. I think if you ever want to get into it, I think just doing random battles is the way to go. Because it just sets you up with a random team and your opponent as well. And it has like an algorithm so that it basically huh. equalizes them. Hmm. Um, and it's 
really stupid fun. And you can also play against friends. Like you don't just have to play against randos. So um, it's probably like my fa- <laughs> my favorite game and- right now is part of Pokemon. It's without all of the <laughs> awful because like if like you're coming from a competitive game perspective and. I think the way a lot of fighting game players would see Street Fighter is like, okay, so it's like a fighting game, except I have to play it for hundreds of hours to like grind my characters up to the right level, and then I have to learn how to play. Like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, that's that's been the stopping. Like, yeah, well, simulators, you don't have to do any of that. So, okay. Yeah, I no, did something more into that. Yeah, I did something extremely similar with uh, Netrunner. Up until mm. that was pulled um, off shelves, uh, there was a Jin, I'm sure it's still up actually, Jinteki.net, which yeah. is had mm-hmm. all the cards uh, and everybody used. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. like also the best way to play Magic is um, just like cube drafts. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, do you yeah, guys yeah. know what those are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I worked so, at a comic book shop for six oh, years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the best way to play Magic <laughs> is with cube drafts, and like no one can fucking afford like a good cube unless it's like a popper cube and i guess for people who don't know it's like a cube draft is like you have a preset block of cards and you draft from that it's kind of just like playing a deck builder game actually Mm -hmm. um but yeah you just like print them out like fuck shelling out hundreds of dollars for a card that you're just going to use to play with your friends right right Right. gotta go by handshake rules yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we we agree that this mm-hmm. counts as a, that this like crudely drawn crayon. Uh, <laughs> this flower as a black I drew lotus. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, Stephen, tell me about Devil May Cry Five because you've been playing a lot of that, as I understand. Yeah, I have been playing a lot of that, and let me tell you, I gotta let it out. Gotta let it out. Gotta let it out. These feelings that I have about Devil May Cry Five, just that famous song from Devil May Cry Five. <laughs> That they had to get a new singer for because I think the singer of that song was a pedophile. I think. Oh boy! Or something like they had to switch the singers like right before release of that game and re-record the huh. main battle. Theme. I mean, at least they did it. Like, yeah. I mean, Kingdom Hearts Three still has James Woods voicing Hades. Yeah, so. it sure fucking does. Yikes. Uh, yeah. I'm just. I want to make sure that I. No. Am yep. Not you're right. Me. Yeah. He. Uh, they distanced. Uh, <laughs> from the collaboration after uh ah, that... yep yep no that's exactly what it was it was uh yep uh under, underage sexual con- misconduct and then the guy who plays dante got shot a bunch of times <laughs> what hey look it's a part of the job you know <laughs> it's just what happens he was shot yeah. oh no he wasn't i don't think he got hit he was, he was fired shot at. at six mm-hmm. times and then made like a goof about it on twitter okay well so you know I think he's at a certain point <laughs> I almost got shot. I should tweet about this. I mean, after about bullet it. three or four, I'm sure it gets old hat. So you're yeah. just like, ah, you know, pull out the phone. <sighs> anyway, uh, yeah, I have been playing Devil May Cry Five, and this uh, it is currently under embargo while we're recording this, but it should be up about uh, like out of embargo by the time we actually uh, post this. And yeah, I don't know how familiar I, I, I kind of know how familiar you are, Eric, with the Devil May Cry franchise. Mm-hmm. What do you know about Devil May Cry, Merritt? Well, as I understand it, um, no one is really sure about the devil's status vis-a-vis crying. So it's sort of in a state of like, potentially it it could happen, but there's mm-hmm, no guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that said, I think I have seen the first game. Uh, on my, I've seen the first game on my friend's PS2 because I never had a PlayStation growing up. So oh. um, I was never a PlayStation kid. I was a Nintendo. Um, and um, 
So I definitely, a friend of mine rented it one time and I think I maybe played five minutes of it. And uh, that's sadly the extent of my familiarity. So Devil May Cry is, I think of the original game was actually like the like prototype build for Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 4, actually. Resident Evil 4, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then like partway through, they changed it into its own IP or whatever. So it's a third-person action game where you have swords and guns, and the story is completely meaningless, but it's basically about uh, half-demon boy. It's Inuyasha, uh, really. Mm-hmm, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a half-demon boy who's uh, named Dante who and his brother Virgil, which, you know, that's how you can tell it's art, because they're called after Ooh, Dante I and Virgil. That. Uh, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> I... Boy. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes you think you got to hold on everything, and then all... Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes you think you know a game, and mm-hmm. then it pulls the rug out from under you. Good job, Capcom. <laughs> Yep, good on them. Uh, yeah, the, the, the these games are they were traditionally at the time I think got a a self fulfilling uh, reputation of being super hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Devil May Cry One was was definitely hard. I don't know if it was that bad. Uh, Two is just like a really bad game and nobody really thinks about it. Even this game, Devil May Cry Five, has like a previously on Devil May Cry kind of like intro thing that kind of explains to you like here's what's happened in this universe and it explains like De- okay here's Devil May Cry Three the prequel here's Devil May Cry One and then like it gets to Devil May Cry Two and it just basically says. And then Dante fought some more demons and then skips over it. It's like one sentence. I love, I love when series do that, when they like acknowledge the fact that there was a bad one and they're like, uh, yeah, no, nothing of importance happened there. Something happened. And it, it's way. super funny. It's, it's like literally like one sentence long for the entirety of Devil May Cry 2. And then, it, then Devil May Cry 4. And then, then there was actually a reboot. Right, well, DMC, right? DMC. Yeah, DMC colon Devil May Cry. But before I get to that, I guess like they're, they're kind of like stylish action games. They, like they, they rate you at the end of every uh, battle in the game uh-huh. uh, with a style rating that gives you a bonus XP that goes from like D to triple S. Um, and then if you get to, and they all have like meanings. So like triple S is smoke and sexy style. <laughs> That's the highest rating you can get in a battle. And don't mm-hmm, cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like electro metal butt rock and like a really abrasive kind of bad, cheesy, uh, atmosphere to the whole thing, and yeah, that's that's Devil May Cry. Uh, combos, air juggling, shooting enemies in the air, jumping up, hitting them with your sword some more, fighting demons, and the story is inconsequential. Except in the, the these games are made by Capcom traditionally. The previous Devil May Cry game was a reboot by uh, Ninja Theory, the people who made uh, most recently, I think their last game was Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, which people might be familiar with. Uh, prior to that, they made what? They made Heavenly Sword. They made uh, Enslaved Journey to the West. I think that's basically their entire uh, catalog. Just about, uh, yeah. they are. I think they were. They did some work on the Disney Infinity games as well. I think they did the combat in like three. But um, they made a reboot. Like uh, Capcom farmed it out to to uh, them, and a bunch. Uh, this was like one of the earliest examples, I think, of a really widespread like internet forum backlash like commenters kind of thing happening about a video game in a way that was like got a lot of media attention 
because it was a it was a lot of like a, this this tiny contingent of very vocal Devil May Cry fans who were very upset that they were rebooting the timeline uh, and that Dante's hair was the wrong color. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, mm-hmm. Sonic's arms are not blue. <laughs> yes, it's almost straight up exactly. Sonic's that. eyes it's... are black, not green. Uh huh. No, it was yeah. It was it was very much that. It was very much that kind of like. But it was it was like what if it, this was in an era where, uh, and and this still happens. But I think that they were given like way more like assume like instant uh, assumptions that they were like arguing in good faith. Uh, but it was an era where video game publications were just writing about this, like, oh, fan reaction to Devil May Cry mm-hmm. is, is like, this new one is, like, real pissed off. Like, everybody hates this new style. And it really, it was, like, ten people on Reddit back then mm-hmm. um, just being very vocal. And then people, like, you know, resounding it in the echo chamber. Uh, so that game was awesome. <laughs> like, that that was probably, I like these games. I've, I've played them all. Uh, but that reboot was was super super cool. The story has always been completely garbage in these games and completely meaningless. But the uh, Ninja Theory one, Ninja Theory actually does really good uh, stuff with uh, character uh, animation and voice acting and stuff like that. And they leverage that into Devil May Cry. And I told this really interesting story that's like very like leans really heavily into the like kind of uh, butt rock kind of thing, like punk nature of the Devil May Cry franchise in a way that actually felt genuine. Uh, and like had some teeth to it like you fight demon bill o'reilly in that game uh, inside of a tv uh like so good it's so good it's 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 great and like as you're fighting him during that fight it is cutting the camera action away from the inside of the tv to like teleporting dante to uh like helicopter footage of him fighting like throughout the city or whatever, but it's in black and white. Cause it's like being f- like uh, filmed through security cameras and whatnot, but you're still fighting oh from these God. weird camera angles. And the Bill O'Reilly character is like trying to propagandize the fights to the masses. And he's like talking about how Dante is going around murdering nuns and killing orphans when he's on screen, <laughs> killing demons. And it, <laughs> and at the last one of those, he accuses Dante of being a cruiser and spreading HIV. And that wow. how that's his like worst uh, sin of all this. And like the Bill O'Reilly characters, uh, uh slogan is, uh, this uh, Bob Barbus is the name of the, Bill O'Reilly stand in. Uh, he says, "Like this is Bob Barbus just doing God's work." Uh, <laughs> like every time he comes on screen. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that game is so good, and like, there's a whole thing where it's. it's I, there's a whole thing where um, there's another boss where you find out they are like doping the masses. They're doping the humans. The demons are with energy drinks. Uh, taking it full circle back to the Red Bull thing. <laughs> uh, but it's like a giant demon spider lady who is like producing pus and they are like uh mass, like manufacturing it and putting it in bottles and using oh, it to God. the human population and when dante gets to that fight he says like hey fuck you and she's like fuck you and he goes fuck you and she's like fuck you like that like they really leaned <laughs> oh into it and they, they knew exactly what they were doing it was, <laughs> it was very stylish and very fun and very good uh and but because of these like internet forum commenter dicks uh Five years ago now, like a long time ago, uh, and this weird backlash to it, like Capcom really leaned into like trying to reach back out to that particular crowd in a way that I actually find kind of super scuzzy yeah. in a way that like I, when they first announced DMC5 felt very much like, oh, we're going to throw Ninja Theory, our former partners on a video game under the bus and say, yeah, the, the Devil May Cry you love is back. Like we're going back to the old timeline and fuck that old shit. 
uh yeah what were we thinking you know putting those guys in charge we know what you the fans really want and it's just ugh. um especially since that game was probably the best devil may cry period yeah i was i was gonna say i feel like in in the year since and like we we talked a little bit about our histories but like i've only played played dmc1 loved it on ps2 um and then i didn't play any of them until four and i played maybe like 30 minutes of forum was like this is way too self-serious and i'm just not yes. getting into the story of this at all Super. it's yep. just really dry but i did actually i i'd watched a friend at some point we did like a, a 24-hour charity stream a long time ago and he played a little bit of dmc and uh the the ninja ninja i always want to call them ninja theory ninja theory <laughs> yeah or, or the theory. other one i always think team, team ninja. ninja ninja yeah. theory yeah the ninja theory one um I watched some of that. I was like, wow, this looks really different. And then you sent me the the video of the the Bill O'Reilly Bob Barbas fight. And I was like, how did I skip out on this? This seems like way better. I feel even in the years since there's been kind of a coming back around on, wow, everybody like was heated over DMC when actually it was maybe the best thing from that series. Uh, totally. Yep. Really, really good. So it's yeah. kind of almost a bummer for me now because now I, I want to play DMC5, but I also kind of want to go play DMC that one instead. So I want to ask you, like, is does it does this new one like lean more towards the older Devil May Cries, or does it have some of that character and flavor from the the Ninja Theory? So that's the really super weird thing about this is Capcom came out when they were announcing the game and whatnot, and like was very much like, yeah, fuck that old shit. We're bringing back the the good shit that you like. Mm -hmm. But it, like, in all the trailers, it, like, the, the main character for most of the D DMC games is a guy called Dante. But in 4, they introduced another character who looked exactly like Dante back <laughs> did, uh, called Nero. <laughs> so much so that I thought they were the same character for a while, uh, but they were not. There was a second character called Nero. Uh, and then now in this one, Nero is also back, but now he looks exactly like the Dante from that other, <laughs> from the Ninja Theory one. And also tonally, it felt very, like in the trailers especially, it felt very much like exactly like that. It was very, it's very, very strange. Saying Like what they were saying and what they were showing did not line up at all. But now that I've spent way more time with the game, just like in terms, they are very much trying to emulate the Ninja Theory style. Uh, they're trying to work in some of that same like verve and uh, just kind of pizzazz that I think that game really nailed, but mostly failing on that front. Like it's still a lot of like more self-serious like story. They try like they they try to have like these the the, the kind of like really stylish uh, slow motion sequences and stuff like that that uh, the Ninja Theory game had early on, and they do it, but the dialogue is just not snappy. It's not uh, it's not clever. Like the, the quips that the characters are launching are just not landing at all. Mm. Uh, and when we tie actually into the main story stuff, like the main villain is another demon king, the fourth one we fought in this franchise at this point, and you're climbing like a demon tower tree thing and going to kill it, and everybody's very concerned about who some mysterious man is. And it's yeah, it's it's way more self serious uh, in the overarching story, and the characters aren't as likable as they were in the previous game, and that part just is not landing for me at all. And I mentioned this in Slack chat today. I don't think you saw that. You wouldn't have seen this, Eric. But uh, I mentioned there is a character in this game called Nico, who is Nero's uh, mechanic, I guess. Like, she kind of builds... He has, like, a robot arm in this game. Uh, she builds him his new arms that will give him different abilities throughout the game. She is maybe the single worst character in any video game I have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> she is... 
the way I described her in uh, Slack today was uh, she is basically Cindy from uh, Final Fantasy 15. But if what if instead of cleavage, she had uh, just the most like abrasive personality of in, like anybody you've ever met. She's just like constantly calling people like dumbass and moron and shit apropos <laughs> of nothing. She talks with a, sh- a super shitty fake Southern accent that just does not like even the voice actor does not sound confident in selling. <laughs> like it's not like a, a fun, goofy Southern accent. It's like there's like weird pauses on some of the lines and some of the deliveries where it sounds like you could almost hear her in the booth, like looking out to the like director and being like, are you sure this is what you want me to be saying? Like, you, are you sure this is the direction you want? Uh, all right, I guess. Okay. And she's, uh, she's terrible. She's just like the worst. And she's all over the place because she, she's where you buy your, your upgrades from. So you see her between every single mission. Uh, and I hate her <laughs> so much. <laughs> uh, and I don't particularly like any of the other characters either. Like Nero is, they're much more, he's like a weird holy knight, like a paladin almost in Devil May Cry 4. And in this one, he is, they are like trying to make him like the Dante from the previous game. And then there's a new character called V. There's three playable characters in this game total uh, over time. It's Dante, Nero, and uh, V, and they all play fairly differently. Uh, v is the one who plays the most differently from everybody because he doesn't actually have any direct attacks or he does, but it's only like a melee finisher. Uh, everything else he does is he summons like demons, uh, like a demon panther and a demon bird that attack for him. And you just kind of stand in the background and kind of sort of give them directions and, you know, use their combos remotely. It's it's hmm. weird and interesting for sure. Huh. But the character himself is... He looks like um, Kylo Ren with tribal tattoos. No. Uh, <laughs> and he's just That's constantly mumbling. That's such a 2,000-ass character design. It's so bad. I hate it so much. Uh, but And, like, he can charge up his uh, his uh, special, like, magic, his mana or whatever, by pulling up a book and just, like, reciting, like, Edgar Allan Poe poetry. Uh, like, just, like, under his breath. Okay, like that's fine. That's fine, that's, actually. That's, I, I, think I that's actually fine. kind of like that part. I think that part actually super works for me, but I think that's like the only thing. <laughs> 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 but yeah, overall, like the game itself, I'm like enjoying it. I just got to the part where I finally unlocked Dante, where I can finally start playing as him, and that is starting to feel a lot more like the Devil May Cry that I know and love, uh, which is like a lot of switching weapons on the fly because the combo meter goes down if you're not switching your combos and moves and stuff like that to kind of like keep your style up. Mm. Uh, And Dante is the only character with access to that, really. Uh, Nero and V both keep the same exact well v doesn't have any weapons but he only has those two demons really and then he can sometimes summon a big one as like a super attack and then nero is much slower he's got like instead of like uh really fast kind of machine gun dual wielding pistols like dante he's got one revolver that just shoots big heavy bullets and it's just very sluggish when you're playing as him and it's a long time before you unlock uh dante and start getting to that faster stuff so i don't know like this game suffers from, I think, like being connected, and it's so much through the marketing, but by, by the way that they marketed this game as being like, uh, yeah, fuck that old shit. Like when I was like, I like that old shit. I <laughs> like that stuff was good. Uh, to me personally, I'm curious to see how like DMC diehards, like super diehard diehard people, will come to it. I don't know that that contingent of people really exists anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game that goes all the way back, like early playstation 2 and i think those yeah. people are maybe not still around in the same way they yeah we're all dead yeah but like 
on a wide basis, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, basically, what I've gotten out of this is that I really want to play and possibly stream DMC <laughs> instead oh, so of five. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, it's on. I don't know if you have an Xbox. It's on PS4. Or... There's a, a definitive edition. Yeah, yes. they did. They did that version, and it's probably on Steam too. I would hazard a guess. Yeah, I have it on Steam actually. But I was just going to mention it's on Xbox Game Pass for free for people oh, who have that. Do you not have that? Well. but yeah no uh so i talked about that one a good bit but i think that's like kind of this week's big release a lot of the big Mm -hmm. new release so i figured i'd get some of that chat out of the way yeah uh yeah well do you want to talk about the other the other big one which was doa6 yeah that was uh is that out this week eric that that was out out last week week. last friday Um, last friday i believe it's kind of weird because it's you know, we we have like weird embargoes and stuff. The embargo for this one was also super weird because it was like hours after the game was technically available for purchase. Yeah, like we were we were running some tests on some things that we will definitely talk about in this forthcoming chat. Uh, literally while the game was available, and I was playing against people that had probably pre-purchased or whatever, and had downloaded and were playing it already. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was uh, it was out Friday, and and you reviewed that for us. Yes, I did. I reviewed DOA six, and Which are is, we are... did we say dead, did we specify that it's dead or alive six? Is what that stands for? That it's a fighting game? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is not the sixth uh, volleyball. You did not jump ahead to another volleyball game. Uh, this is this is the fighting game. Uh, do we want to just jump into chat about that right now? Just tell go me, right just into tell it. Tell me about it. Um, DOA, so my, my history with the DOA series has mostly been from a casual perspective. I think probably the one I spent the most time with was three on the Xbox. I really, really liked three, um, four, I spent some time with, uh, five, I really didn't spend much time at all with. That's because they had that really weird structure where they were like, oh, this is a free to play game and you can buy the characters that you would like. They tried to make League of Legends dead or alive. And I think that actually like hurt the game in the long run so mm. it's kind of nice that doa6 is this thing where you can buy the game and you have all the characters it's it's structured like a normal fighting game should be in my opinion um and that's definitely what doa6 uh feels like is they're just trying to make another like a modern version of dead or alive they're trying to make a, a game that they can you know make a platform build a platform around and bring players back in because right now it definitely is like a big golden age for fighting games so you look everywhere there are tons of good fighting games out right now they're all i mean there are a bunch of you know mainstay series like street fighter and tekken that have excellent games uh excellent entries and a lot of new games like dragon ball fighters uh that are really doing interesting things so in light of that while DOA 6 is nice and it's definitely it feels very at home and it feels a lot like the doa that many people know and love it also does very little to do anything new and i think Mm. that was one of the biggest issues i had with it is that this game besides just increases in visual fidelity and uh a few (laughs) a few uh modern conveniences uh just feels exactly the same as every other dead or alive game has and when you have games out there like tekken 7 that are doing so much and i mean i i will go out on a limb and say tekken 7 is uh not only the best tekken game ever made but it's like up there for like a top tier fighting game of all time it's that good Mm. um when you have games like that out right now it's really hard for if somebody was 
to walk up to me and say like, hey, I want to learn how to play a fighting game. I don't have anything that I would want to point at DOA and say like, this is why you should play it unless you're super into specifically the systems that they do and you can't take any other, like you just have to play Dead or Alive. That has to be the thing you play. That's the only reason why. Um, and it's it's a very, the thing I do like about it is very beginner friendly. It's very um, easy to hand to somebody because there's really only three buttons, four buttons in the game uh, if you count the throw shortcut, but there's just punch kick and then uh, hold, which is kind of a parry. So uh, if somebody is about to jab at you, you can hold. And if you guess the hold right, so it's a high, high mid, low, um, you counter them and do some damage to them. And uh, holds get countered by throws because throws will, will beat those out, but throws lose to strikes and strikes lose to throws. It's very rock, paper, scissors. It's really easy to get a hold uh, on what the, the game is doing. Uh, and if you hand a controller to somebody, they're just going to be able to mash it out. They've even added in some auto combo stuff that makes it very easy for newcomer players to just mash buttons and still feel like they're doing cool stuff. Uh, it's just also just, it's, it, it is what it is. And I just, I, I can't get as into it as, as I can any other fighting game. And also they just lack in online features so much. Uh, right now, I think you can only ranked match uh, and that's it. You can only search for ranked matches. Uh, I did not find any unranked online option. Uh, even to use the training mode while searching for a ranked match, you have to like do some weird... We had to actually email the PR about it to get clarification on where to find it because we were sitting there flipping through options and could not find it. But you have to go into training mode and then there's a menu option hidden among the dozens of menu options that says like search for a ranked match right now. And that's how you do it. Um, there's no inviting your friends to play against you online, which is like maybe the biggest thing that I think a fighting game should yeah, have in 2019. Um, there's just so much about it. And I do like DOA. You know, like Hitomi is my DOA main. Uh, she's a really fun character to play as. I love the like her fighting style. I love that all these characters have very defined martial arts styles. They're very... Uh, they're very true to their source material and it's very focused on like, okay, we're not going to add like, we're not going to add Ryu throwing a fucking fireball and, uh -huh. and stuff like that. Like nobody's doing, <laughs> nobody's doing magic here. It worked for Tekken. Just... <laughs> it, it works great. <laughs> it did. Hey, Tekken added a uh, Negan from the walking dead. Which I is heard a that. <laughs> oh, is he in now? Yeah. He really? he's, okay. he's actually yeah. live right now and pro players are already playing as him and it's great. So look forward to Evo 2019 God. where, Negan will fight Prince Noctis Lucis Calum on the <laughs> evil main stage. Um, but yeah, DOA is just a solid... It's it's like the review said, it's a 7.0. It is a wholly average, solid fighting game that I don't think you would regret picking up, um, but you wouldn't like want to wholeheartedly recommend to friends, and it wouldn't mm -hmm. be like, oh my god, I'm so obsessed with this game. It's just like, oh, cool. I might turn it on every now and then if i have some friends over and we want to play a fighting game that isn't smash or something like that and sure. i'd be like oh we can play doa but other than that that's actually there's two things about that i wanted to ask you about doa mm -hmm. and, and kind of like get from your opinion on uh one of those things is that it's like in my head i basically had no idea of what doa was like to the fighting game community for the longest time uh, other than like I know DOA the way I think a lot of people know DOA, which is the it's the one with the really embarrassing like she kicks high dead or alive three. Mm -hmm. yep. It's the one with the lascivious uh, costumes and like just really horny 
all the time uh, game. And after reading your review, it sounds to me like it operates in a similar space as like a Soul Calibur, which is like the very simple crowd pleasy 3D fighting game that kind of anybody you can get in can get into. Mm-hmm. Would uh, you say that's a little? I would say that Soul Calibur has made strides. Um, Soul Calibur Six is I, again we talk about how Tekken Seven is the best that Tekken's been. I think that the newest Soul Calibur is the best that Soul Calibur's been, especially right. like Two is maybe the only one I would put up against it. Um, whereas um, that has done things to evolve. They added the reversal edge, which is really smart. They added some other um, options. And even the characters that they're adding have very interesting and nuanced mechanics uh, that you can really deep dive into. And the the thing about fighting games I always find very interesting is that um, I feel that as you get deeper into a fighting game, especially as you begin to select, like, this is my main, this is who I play, uh, there's a level of identi- identity that you find in these games. You really begin to be like okay i like to play these kinds of characters and i like to express the way that i play like bits of your personality start to seep into the way you play these games you want to like say um merit was talking earlier about how you like playing uh pokemon with characters that don't really do the big hits you like to mm-hmm. kind of frustrate your opponents in fighting games that would be like a zoning character you want to mm. throw out these hits that are going to stop them from playing their game and frustrate them and make them make dumb mistakes that you can capitalize on right right it's it's why i'm a hakan main in street uh-huh. fighter 4 because i love oh, hakan I love oil. Street Fighter 4 is an incredible so, game. <laughs> actually, now that um, we're sort of on the broader topic of fighting games, do you want to move into talking about Evo a bit? Uh, sure, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, go, I, go, I, all I wanted ahead. to say about that as it related to DOA was that um, I don't find as much of that in DOA. A lot of the mm. characters feel incredibly samey. Uh, mm. There are maybe some distinctions to be made, like the ninjas are going to faster and more lightweight the grapplers uh your your basses and your tinas are going to be uh focused on throws they're going to have more throw options but they're going to be less able to be juggled but then a lot of characters just end up kind of feeling like they do the same general things and you just find the ones that just click right for you like mm-hmm. i can't tell you specifically of why i like playing hitomi other than that i kind of like the mid-range neutral game the footsies and stuff like that i feel like hitomi gives me the options to do that but there's also many other characters that do that like rig is an example of a character who i feel falls into that same area or jan lee falls into that same area so they don't feel as unique and identifiable as characters in other fighting games for me hitomi is like the ryu of this game right she's the one on the box all the time that would be kasumi kasumi oh okay hitomi is the i mean hitomi is also a medium hair length brunette she just uses karate instead of ninja stuff but that is also an issue is that a lot of these characters can kind of blend together after a while their designs are not especially They're... uh stand out yeah a few, no, a few I mean... <laughs> stand out like ione obviously looks different than everybody right. else if you yeah i can name i could probably name the characters who have different color hair um, yeah, but at some point they're all just like adults with child face syndrome, and it's just yes. like unsettling. And, um, yeah, and wearing six jewels as a bikini. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, that's actually called, I believe, the Venus. No, I forget the I Venus. To, the You're Venus. right. Yeah, I was yes. right the first time. Should have trusted my gut. Um, but yeah, no, they're all. And then the men are all stern faced, over forty ex uh, spec ops. Yeah, ex military. <laughs> They do have one uh, naive young boy who routinely gets into uh, awkward situations with the girl cast, which is one of their new oh, tropes. Is that Elliot? Cast. 
Yes. Yeah, because he... uh, John, um, R-E-I-C, uh, is sending me a bunch of pictures for a piece that I'm writing that probably will be up by the time this goes up. And he said he just got a ton of pictures of uh, Bass throwing Elliot up into the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you did mention earlier just how like DOA is really known for the titillating aspects of it. Um, they did add some options in this game to turn it off that are like strange, but also feel like a reflection of they want this game to be a little bit more esports. They want it to be mm-hmm. on like Evo stages and stuff like that. And right. and if you look back, um, we we ran a piece on uh, compete rest in peace uh, a long time ago mm-hmm. about how um, when Street Fighter was airing. Uh, during certain tournaments that were broadcast on ESPN, uh, they were not allowed to use certain costumes for the character Rainbow right. Mika because yeah. they oh. were considered too steamy for television. And mm-hmm. there are competitors that I were a little bit that. frustrated with that. And so I think that that is maybe a con- that was a concern. But also then <laughs> DOA was a main stage game for Evo Japan and they had the very infamous presentation that got shut off by right. by evo itself because it did not align with their quote-unquote core values which is now of course a meme in the fighting game community um i think i saw this video they're they're kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too in that mm. respect and honestly just as a dude playing video games if they want to be the sexy fighter then they should just do it and if they don't want to do it and they want to go for the more like esports route then do that but i get frustrated when game companies kind of straddle the line like that and try to appease both crowds yeah yeah Yeah. because i'm i'm not gonna be like you know i know what dead or alive is and it's not i I think most people it's it's almost like sender and kagura or games like that where you know you know what you're buying going into it and i think people who like those things have no issue getting it and those games have no issue like saying like this is what we are buy us if you want and it's when they kind of try to have the best of both worlds and kind of like haha switched gotcha like it doesn't work as well so my go-to like comparison point for that is always like how Hideo Kojima handles that stuff and how Yoko Taro handles that stuff yeah which is like Hideo Kojima like again speaking of memes like had the very much like the you will be ashamed of your words and deeds when speaking about quiet in Metal Gear Solid Five, which is like a sniper lady who can't speak and uh, wears a bikini the whole time. He's like, oh, well, you see, she has to wear a bikini the whole time. This is revealed in the story of that game because she breathes through her skin and like... It, she'll die. She'll do you, die want, she do you want quiet to die, you monster? Trying to kill quiet? Asshole? uh whereas then like like yeah so it's like very much like that kind of like trying to have their cake and eat it too like pretending like that that there's some like grand vision behind all this when really it's just like horny um sorry barrett i know you hate the term horny uh so i apologize for keeping like continuing to bring it up but uh then like you look at yokotaro and like people uh, you know the creator or, or one of the director on uh near automata somebody asked him like why there were so many like good looking people in his games or whatever and he says like he his response was just i like good looking people <laughs> like i like pretty ladies <laughs> and whatever he's just like didn't try to hide it or whatever he's like i just wanted to put them in my game because i like enjoyed it and i thought it looked nice and so yeah there you go yeah it's not perfect like <laughs> response to that. own it though like i still don't yeah. always like that's yeah that's awesome. about it. yeah just like at least it. own it i don't know don't yeah. try and do this like bullshit like, although I do think Kojima is a very confused man and thinks that that's what people wanted uh-huh. <laughs> and was like, and was doing his best. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Um, 
still waiting on that article. But yeah, <laughs> it'll come. Cool. It'll come. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, and and DOA is uh, is is DOA in Eva this year? It's it's it not. is it's not. A, no. This excellent segue into so here uh, is DOA the did list. not make the Evo cut. Um, right. Yeah. I've, right. I've got the list pulled up here. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Um, but Tekken Seven is in it, so I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan beat uh, Geese Howard's ass. <laughs> it's technically not Jeffrey. Is the like not the voice of jeffrey dean morgan just it, oh, no. he does sound enough like him that you can it it gets there but I it mean, is it, not it, him i don't okay think. well but it it's looks bobby like, dean morgan it looks like him Cousin. quite a lot <laughs> um but yeah so we got tekken 7 we got uh mortal kombat 11 which isn't even out yet uh, we got Samurai Showdown, which also not out that, yet. That's, yeah, a, that's a new Samurai Showdown. Not yeah, yeah. Uh, Soul Calibur Six, uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, obviously, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, and then I wanted to ask you about um, <laughs> Under Night in Birth EXE latest because I know what it uh-huh. is, but mm-hmm. um, so I don't know a lot about the fighting game community. Um, but as I understand it, there has been some tension in the past between what we would think of as like a, a street fighter kind of game, which is sort of like the core of like the Western fighting game world and the more anime kind of games. Um, I, I don't know if I'd characterize it as like any sort of aggression between them. It's just that anime was always like the little brother. Okay. It, yeah. It Cause I do remember the there, shadow. there was some stuff I think about uh, 10 years ago or something at an Evo uh, that, that was pretty, bizarre like something about it was the guilty gear um uh finals guilty where people... sorry oh no if it was 10 years ago it wouldn't be deserved oh, it would have been like x2 reload or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah i think like i i maybe i'm uh, maybe i've misheard but i i felt like i had heard that like there was a thing where people didn't show up on time and then they like held up the rest oh, of the tournament because they were just taking a break. Me. That wouldn't um, surprise me. And so there was this perception that like anime players were like not as serious maybe <laughs> um, as like Street Fighter-esque kind of people. But but now they've put what, I don't know, what's the best thing? Unist? Is that what we should call That's it? That's what people call it. Unist is, yeah. is the best way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so now it's in the game. And is that by the same people who did Melty Blood? Yeah. Well, it's by Arc System Works. Okay. So they, they're kind of a very large... Um, Melty Blood gets kind of confusing because I, I want to say that Melty Blood has been passed around devs for a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm going to double check Uniest because even I am not sure on... 100% sure on this. So I'm going to... I don't, sure I don't believe it's, it's Arc System. French Bread, who is known by for the Melty Blood series. So I'm glad we checked that. Yes, it's by French Bread. Should have known that because of all the good memes that are going around. But um, yeah, so Unies, um, the best way to like contextualize anime is, is like, yes, they are definitely for a long time were known for being the not just the little brother, but kind of lackadaisical. They were used to what the FGC lovingly calls um, being a poverty game. They did not have the backing <laughs> of okay. large publishers. They everything right. they did came out of their own pockets. 
Uh, there are very famous images of Melty Blood being played uh, behind dumpsters outside of a Wendy's <laughs> and bathrooms and hotels. They're, and they took some pride in it. In fact, um, when they did, I think it was CEO Taku 2016, which was the first one, or maybe it was 2017. Um Melty Blood was one of the main stage games and CEO Taku was, as the name implies, designed to be a celebration of the anime fighting game scene put on by the same organizers that do CEO, which is one of the largest fighting game majors mm. around. Uh, and so when Melty Blood came up for their finals, uh, instead of using a normal table and chairs like you would normally see, they brought up like some stools and then two trash cans and a <laughs> two by four and set it up like that because they wanted to still have that. So Melty um, Undernight comes from that same sort of scene. Uh, when you, you look at this, when before you... we go on any further with this, can, can we just yeah. contextualize for people what Melty Blood actually is? Yeah, uh, Melty Blood is a very old anime fighting game that is based off of the Tsukihime universe, which is part of the Nasu verse uh, that you might know for like Fate Stay Night and that oh. sort of thing. Oh, yeah. that's yes. oh, it's wow. tied to that guy. Yes. I had no uh, idea. So all the characters in Melty Blood are from Tsukihime, uh, which is a, the lesser known uh, compared to the Fate series. Mm. But that is... It's an incredibly intense game. All these games are incredibly intense because there's so many mechanics and unique uh, properties to each character, and it's very mechanically intensive. Combo strings are much longer than you might see in a Street right. Fighter or things like that. Yeah, these are the kind of games where you're getting air juggled for like mm -hmm. a full combo or something, right? Yes. They invented the, the instant air dash and the Roman cancel, which is like perfect canceling <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, a I lot love of the term Roman cancel. It's I... it's great. It's, it's so really good. good. <laughs> it's it's like we we need to make the sound really cool. It's 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 just a perfect guard break, but we need to make it sound really cool. Well, it's like chess. No, Everything cancel. gets to have ridiculous names eventually. Yeah. The the deeper it gets, you get things like wave dashing or like Roman cancels or uh, sex kicks or whatever. Sex oh, right, kicks. Yeah. That's getting into the world of uh, Smash Brothers, which is a bridge too far for this podcast. Let me tell you. I think. <laughs> We don't we don't get uh, into that argument on this podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> anime fighters, yes. Platform fighters, I don't know. I'm dubious. So, so that was maybe the biggest controversy that came out of the announcement right. of this was so you look at this list and maybe the most standout game that is missing from mm -hmm. it is Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is some people would say has been a mainstay of the fighting game scene, even though it's really only been an Evo for a couple years. And it was a really big deal that it wasn't. And they had to quote unquote fight for it. And there were some really wonderful tweets going around from melee pros who were all really mad that games were getting in instead of melee. Um, look games like Eunice. Not so here's the thing they had to kind of be like, okay, we shouldn't pick on Uniest because this is like, this is a community that really grinded. They've been very focused on building up their scene and building recognition and trying to show people <laughs> that we are serious. We've got high level players. Cause that's kind of the thing is this is very much, it's almost like bidding for the Olympics. You got to show mm. like, okay, we're an attractive huh. game. We've got a lot of high level players. The game is really interesting to watch. We've got tons of people who will tune in to watch. There's so many different things and, and that factor into whether a game makes it into Evo because it is essentially just a bidding process. It's not like there's a voting or anything that's going on. This is just 
a couple people who run this thing going, okay, what's going to make sense for us? Yeah. And what's going to let Evo continue to grow? And apparently this year, letting Melee go was the answer to that. Well, and notably, Melee was like the number two or number three most watched thing Yes, on it was Twitch. extremely watched. Uh, the finals for it uh, last year were extremely watched. And I will say anecdotally, I was at Evo last year, and it was probably the second largest crowd of the day was for uh, the Melee finals in, in the stadium. Wow. Uh, the largest Damn. being Dragon Ball Fighters, which right, was right. obviously, right. I mean, that was the game that year. Shout out to uh, Sonic Fox. Oh. Uh, I wrote the wrote the article on that boy. He's just he's great. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like all that. I mean, this is like it's really tough and really intense. And like uh, watching the way that people have hung on to melee and like built like rebuilt it and rebuilt it with Project M over the years has been um, on the one hand really awesome, and on the other hand, like um, it's it's I don't know. It speaks to this thing of like, oh, video games are in a way just completely different from other forms of games because mm -hmm. it's not like like you were talking about not liking the term esports and like um, yes, it's not like new iterations of baseball come out all the time, right? Like rule mm -hmm. tweaks are made to professional sports, but it's not like oh, this year uh, baseball brawl came out and here's the thing: players <laughs> yeah. randomly trip now uh, for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, though, Ultimate, from what I've seen, and, like, I'm a casual Ultimate or like Smash player, so I'm not deep into it, but um, it seems like it's opened up a lot more possibilities. Uh, Pichu is, like, a high-level, high-tier mm -hmm. character now. They like, made him not a joke character yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, and there's, like, all kinds of... Um, it seems like there's a lot more characters that are viable uh, and, like, a much faster game than 4. Yes, yeah, yeah. 4 was a much more defensive game, whereas Ultimate... Uh, there, there's still some things that are a little turdly, but for the most part, it is a much uh, faster, more offensive base game, which is much more welcome. And also, there isn't like any like one clear character that's dominating. Right. There's so no SS there's tier no Fox, game. right? Yeah. yeah. Is uh, that the case? Was that the case with Melee? Was oh, yeah, Melee yeah. faster? Yeah. And okay. Fox, Fox has his own tier in Melee. Mm -hmm. and, and even in Melee, there are people who upset the tiers. I mean, there's a player from Japan. Uh, who goes by Amza, who plays uh, infamously Yoshi. The, he's the yeah. red Yoshi from Japan. And he has kind of proven that that character is extremely viable and extremely good. And uh, people were really actually looking forward to him traveling out to Evo mm. this year and competing in Melee because they thought that this might be a year that he could really make a dent in the otherwise uh, kind of set top pantheon of melee players and that might also be like a large reason why melee might have gotten overlooked is that for the large part while melee is an extremely interesting game to watch an extremely nuanced and it's played at a very high level you see a lot of the same faces over and over right, and over again right. it seems like every year there's maybe one uh person who shows up maybe you know it's it's plup or it's omsa or somebody like that and then for for the rest of it it's it's hungry box it's Leffen, it's Armada, it's all the names they've you've come to understand and know. And even in other scenes like Street Fighter V, uh, Tokido was in the grand finals. Uh, he's been in so many grand finals for Street Fighter, but he was playing against uh, Problem X, which is a very different. Uh, he doesn't make the grand finals as often, so that's more interesting. You see more people coming up in these scenes, yeah. And yeah. that's what Evo does: is it mm -hmm. gives it gives a community a chance to show the best of themselves and also like the new blood as much as the old blood. Right. And there's just not a lot of new blood. Why showing do up you in... think that is? 
it's i mean it's an old game and i think the requirements to play it are also super high you need to have a gamecube you need to have a crt you need to yeah. uh, have a wave put... bird <laughs> not a wave no bird. god a... not a wave, bird. wave, Never bird. A wave bird. it's a low latency you need the yeah, most you latency need you wired you have the shortest um, wire you can get it doesn't have the advantage, I would say, of being an arcade game as weird as that is right. to say in 2019, because Third Strike is actually still a very played game in some sections of the world, especially in Japan. Right, and every year they right. have the co-op cup for Third Strike, which is a big, big event. Uh, but that's because those arcades out there still have the cabinets where you mm-hmm. can just go and, and plop down and play, whereas you can't really do that for Melee. You have to invest and have the things to play Melee in 2019, which is very difficult. I also so, feel like at this point there's... I don't know how true this is. Um, it feels to me like there is a perception that Melee is completely impenetrable to a degree yes. that other fighting games are not. Like like you said, there's this pantheon of pros who are at this high level. And um, I mean, it's it's a me- Melee has become, I think, best known as a meme to most people who don't play it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like the, you know, like... Um, no items, Fox only, Final Destination. Like it's, <laughs> it's like it gives off this air of being so like intimidating elitist. and elitist, and, <laughs> yeah. not, and and not. I think it's really cool. I've also watched Melee being played competitively, and it's fucking amazing. At the same time, like you're, it does seem like there's all these things keeping people from getting into it. And with Ultimate being like so big, um, mm-hmm. that's potentially really exciting to be able to see maybe new people coming up. There's a larger gap for Melee between yes. seeing what's happening on the screen and being like, there's whenever you see things happen on, on a screen when you're watching any esports game, you want the gap between it's amazing that they can do this and I could do this right. to, be, yeah. sh- to be small. And with Melee, it's that gap is enormous and there's so much jargon you have to learn. There's so mm-hmm. much ingrained stuff. I mean, it, and it's also like very mechanically demanding. I, I did a, a piece a long time ago where I talked to a, a physical therapist who works specifically with competitive video game players. And she was telling me that she could tell when her clients had been playing a lot of certain characters in Melee because they would have these huge, just oh like sprains God. and contusions wow. in their wrist because wow. it's not Shit. an ergonomic game to play. Right. And well, because you're so playing it in ways that it was never uh, envisioned to be played, right? <laughs> But, and you're also playing it on a GameCube controller, which is not right. maybe the most not ergonomic really controller in yeah. history to begin with. And there's something admirable to a group of people pushing a game to its limits every mm-hmm. year. And I think that's what the appeal of Melee is, is that yeah. this game is super old and they are still finding ways to push the limits. It's just that whether or not those faces are changing and whether or not the things they're finding are appealing to the everyday, like average viewer is as interesting as this other stuff here that's a little bit different i mean the the big standout on this list that people were kind of annoyed about was uh samurai showdown being included that's an unreleased game right yeah uh that is basically a remake of a very old and and beloved fighting game but one that is definitely not as high profile and so a lot of people were making some snide comments that some money exchanged hands there to make that happen which if you know anything about the developer French bread, I think you know that their offer would have been like three dollars. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that also the same company? That is, that is also French bread. Yes. Oh, wow. um, huh. But overall, like this list, I think is very good. I think it's a, I think it's a solid lineup. It's, it's a good snapshot of where 
games are at, like the fighting game scene is at nowadays. There are three anime games on here, which is really cool to see. There's, I mean, there's the obvious inclusion of things like Street Fighter and Tekken and uh, NetherRealm's newest game. Uh, I mean, it's it's not out yet, but any like there's always a NetherRealm game at right. Evo. There's it's that's just a standard. And those games uh, largely leapfrog over each other in terms of mechanics uh, from year very to year. similar. Even between Injustice Combat, they tend to have a crossover. Um, and a lot of the players who play those games. Uh, I'm really happy to see Soul Calibur on here because I really like Soul Calibur Six. Um, that's probably the one on this list that I've spent the most time like trying to get very good at. Huh. And uh, it's it's a really fun game. It's a really interesting game, and also like by virtue of it being Soul Calibur, it's really easy to get into. So it's that's nice. It's good to see that on there. I think the besides melee not being included, the other interesting. Sunday finals this year are only four games because they don't want to go into like three in the morning on the <laughs> East Coast again. Uh, Street Fighter ran over incredibly because they're just scheduling and stuff. So this year, um, only the the Sunday finals will be Blast Blue, Super Smash Brothers, Tekken, and then Street Fighter, which surprised a lot of people because you might notice Dragon Ball Fighters is not on that Sunday mm-hmm. finals list. They won't be a Sunday finals game. And that's kind of wild when you compare Weird, it to what yeah. it was last year when it was like arguably the best thing that happened at Evo that weekend was the culmination of the Sonic Fox Goichi rivalry and all that. There's a bunch of weird stuff about, around Dragon Ball Fighters in the competitive mm-hmm. scene in general, isn't there? Yeah, it's it's been uh, a little weird. There was there were some rumors, some whispers of some copyright holder issues that are still kind of unresolved for the most part and uh, it does seem like bandai namco is really dedicated to this game having a living competitive scene i mean you just have to look at tekken to see what they're already trying to do with keeping that alive and healthy and dragon ball is arguably like the the biggest uh game in fighting games right now uh, i would say it even has more recognition than than street fighter at this point uh, oh. just purely off of the the IP and all that. Uh, They're still releasing characters for it pretty yeah. regularly. In fact, I think yeah, two yeah. more just came out. Yeah, Videl and Jiren both came out. Videl is super top tier, which makes me very happy. Oh, nice. So oh it's about <laughs> time. It's Fuck about a Jiren, time. though. Hey, just, just FYI, I hate Jiren. I love hey, Videl. Hey, that's cool. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not particularly attached to Jiren one way or the other. Um, no, I, that, that's just it. This Jiren is like such a blank slate. Ugh, very forgettable. Know. He's such yeah, a forgettable villain. Or we could just fight Frieza even... again. Just bring Frieza back. <sighs> Videl, oh. be in top tier is good. That's good. Videl's I don't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Man, I don't want to litigate my thoughts on Jiren right here in the final <laughs> villain, the final fight of that of Super. But you know, uh, I've been listening to uh, very well informed uh, fighting game chat from the both of you, and this has felt like the first time I've been able to add anything to the co- substance to the conversation. <laughs> so I need to throw that in there. Uh, yeah, fighting games are just they're really cool I think because they they might seem like their own weird thing but they are maybe the most approachable like quote unquote esport that's out there and and it's because I think they buck the idea of esports they don't really try to be like the Overwatch League or anything where it's like we're like the NFL and we're gonna have games every week and there's a league and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's like no it's just there's a tournament this weekend the best players are gonna show up everybody's gonna put the proverbial quarter on the cabinet and whoever can put up can can keep going and and we're going to see who the best player is in this game and fighting games are easy to watch i think because you just have a health bar on each Mm -hmm. side and one player wins and the other loses 
and it's everyone at some point has probably played street fighter so they can get that much out of it they know that there are punches and kicks and somebody falls over um yeah, that has actually seemed to me like maybe the actual fight, not between real fighting games and anime fighting games, but like the fighting game mm-hmm. community is like, we're not esports, we're the FGC, we're our own mm-hmm. thing. Get your MOBAs out of here, dickheads, like that kind of thing. Like <laughs> that is the sentiment I have seen more frequently. They want to keep the arcade culture alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much for the reason that um, you would have seen recently Heroes of the Storm was an esports scene that was largely propped up by Blizzard that was Mm -hmm. living because Blizzard was putting money into it. And then once Blizzard decided that it apparently was not viable to do so anymore, they kind of yanked the rug out from under them and suddenly a bunch of players and coaches and teams are without jobs with very little warning and now they're just kind of left in the wind. And the idea is that if you have that kind of grassroots support you'll never have to worry about that because you are propped up by the people who are in the scene and who are invested in the scene and that's that's great but also when you start to fill up the mandalay bay event center and stuff like that you can't just do it based off of community donations anymore you're going to have to make some deals with some people who are going to want to advertise who are going to want to support you in ways and they're going to want to see return on investment and so there's always this clash between the idea of the FGC and esports and and what it means to be um, part of the FGC and what it means to be uh, part of that grassroots culture. And so that has been interesting to see. And again, the Evo lineup was a big representation of that. But uh, I, I think they've still done a good job of keeping their soul while trying to appease um, the the corporate overlords that that fund them. Cool. Well, that might that be a good place to end. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I, uh, <laughs> with boy, <laughs> this is like, I think the first time in a minute, well, we didn't have a guest. So this was actually very refreshing to have uh, such an expert on to come and talk about that. So thank you. Very I try. Much, I try. Uh, I, I, I'm an expert where I can be and I make it up where I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good to hear. Uh, and Merritt also, I had no idea you knew so much about fighting games. Here's the secret. I don't know anything. I'm just editing a piece on them right now. Oh, shit. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was the prestige. I'll, I'll edit this part out, though. Please, so people yeah. Don't, so people don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this part out. No! I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I'm whispering. It makes no difference. It's, it's more fun that way. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. Well, I think that, yeah, that's all the big kind of news from this week uh and everything like that i'll probably have more thoughts about devil may cry next week after i have beaten the game uh in the meantime uh, i think we can probably start signing off here eric where can people find you if they need to find you oh if you really do need to find me um my my twitter is probably the best way to follow me at this point i'm at cmoosi s-e-a-m-o-o-s-i on Twitter, um, you can also find me at Normandy FM, which is our weekly Mass Effect retrospective that myself and Kenneth Shepard host. Uh, we just had one excellent guest on this week. We plan to have another next week, and we're looking, always looking for more. So if you are a games person who loves Mass Effect, we would always love to have you on and talk about Mass Effect. But uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash Normandy FM or through Normandy FM show on Twitter. Uh, we publish out to all these different podcast services so it's great and i'm always popping up at random sites uh including fanbite so um uh, just look for my byline i guess yes there you have it that's how you can reach out to eric and tell him you just pronunciation of unist or uniest or <laughs> unist. unist 
There's a difference between Uniest and Uniel. Fun fact. Oh my you know God. that. All right. Fighting games. FGC. Merritt, where can people find you when they when they need to find you? No, no if, when. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> when. Uh, you'll know. Just sort of like write write it down on a piece of paper and like throw it into the wind. Um, no, I'm on Twitter. You know that. It's me, at Merritt K. I'm on Twitter. Um, and that's where I live, which is distressing to think of. Yeah, I was about to say that's very sad. <laughs> Well, are you okay? No judgment, okay? Never. Just, uh, no, 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 no judgment, just just worry, just genuine concern <laughs> for another fellow human being. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, if people want to find me, you can't because I'm too sneaky. Ha 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 ha! I didn't see that coming. Uh, but you can find my shadow accounts, you can find my decoys on at Stephen Strum on Twitter. That's Stephen with a V, Strum with an O. Uh, you can find me on Fanbyte, where I will be writing a Devil May Cry 6 review. Six. Five review uh, here we're pretty quick. We're that far ahead of the game. We're just... <laughs> yeah, we've, we're already on six. We've got, we're, we've we're got we're the advanced code for six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have a review of that up uh, probably on the site here by the time that you are listening to this. So check that out for sure. Otherwise, continue to check out our fantastic features and guides all throughout the site. We just had the site redesign, I think, between this episode and last episode, and it looks really nice. And you should come and comment on all of our content and tell us how good it is. Uh, speaking of which, you should also rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, it helps a whole lot, and that's a thing that people say at the end of every podcast, but they're not lying to you. They are telling the truth, and I am too. So do that. And <laughs> continue to listen uh, in the future. Uh, what do you? What do we tell them, Merritt, when we are done with the fan with? Eric, do you know? Do you know what our sign-off is? Yeah, Eric, are you a listener? I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. No, I, I I haven't been into podcasts recently. That's so fine. No, really you, it's not. No, no, no. We don't. No, we just want to know. I've been on if too many podcasts not. that I don't listen to them anymore. Okay, well, I'll tell you what it is then. Keep gaming, gamers. I love you. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>